If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'd think the one thing humanity couldn't screw up is men and women getting together. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. You would think the whole coupling deal would be pretty much impossible to derail. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, next to like, you know, you're breathing and getting enough water to not die. Uh, The urge to be with another, uh, in our case, uh, the opposite sex. Well, uh, perhaps you swing differently. God bless you. I've talked about the cultural shock it was to me moving to California, having come from the Midwest. I, I don't know if it's moved across the country at this point or not, but coming from the Midwest where everybody was always, you know, over the age of 19 or 18, you know, everybody I knew was either in a relationship or pursuing a relationship always. I'd never met a single man or woman who wasn't either in a relationship or pursuing a relationship. Then I mm-hmm. moved to California, and there was a bunch of people the same age, 20-somethings, and nobody was in a relationship and didn't seem to have any interest in getting one. Yeah. It was I shocking know, it was so to odd. me. Well, and I would just say, you know, speaking for myself and people I knew, you could easily say from age 14 or even, you know, younger, um, but certainly 14 on once you're in high school. Yeah, but, I was just wanting to deal with adults, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And uh, they all, uh, when I would bring this up, all thought I was weird. Well, I don't need a relationship. Yeah. Okay. How just interesting. every human being I've ever known in my whole life was either in one or looking for one. And now y'all aren't. Hmm. Yeah. I'll change that fundamental, as I've said many times. If it happened among antelope on the African plain, uh, wildlife biologists would be beside themselves with wonderment and worry. And there would be grants and, and studies and, and headlines and stuff. Uh, elephants no longer breeding. Disaster feared. Anyway, oh, Bill Maher, who's uh, roughly the same age as us, actually, um, has been reflecting on the whole getting together thing and what's changed and had a couple of thoughts from the other night. We thought we'd play them for you. Go ahead with the first one, Michael. 
course, you cannot even broach this subject about rethinking sex in the year 2022 without introducing the idea of technology. Absolutely. Yeah, I've said it many times in this show. People, we all like yak, 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 yak. The thing that really changes humans is technology. From the wheel to the iPhone, humans just can't resist you know, technology gets to parts of us that are greedy or selfish or part of our lizard brain. We're just not that advanced and we just can't resist. And I think, I mean, from when I was dating, the idea of dating, I mean, most people don't date, meet somebody in person. They're actually afraid of it. It's threatening if a guy comes up to you in a coffee shop because you didn't meet them over the phone first. To me, this is, <laughs> right? Am I wrong about this? No, that's true. <laughs> So I think that you're onto something there, but it's a little mixed, actually. Yes, my generation has a lot of sort of anxiety about talking to people in real life, but some of it feels a little bit warranted. You know, in Rethinking Sex, I interviewed this one young guy who talked about how he would ask someone out at work, but he said it was like handing someone a loaded shotgun right. because he thought that it might be read as harassment. And after the past couple of years, he was just like, I don't, I don't even want to go there. And you know, this is a guy who's actually, you know, a conscientious person. He's trying to do the right thing. He doesn't want to get in trouble. It's just that the norms are so unclear that, you know, anything could be a problem. And so, like, you go to a dating app, right? Because if someone signed up to be on a dating app, you know that they're looking for dates. So you can ask them out and not. Well, be the men are looking for that. sex. Well, <laughs> right? They're looking for something romantic in nature. No. Well,. <laughs> no, that, and that is the problem. Um, uh, before he goes on, um, our old producer, Sean, and he said this on the air, so I'm not outing him. He said, yeah, I would never ask a girl out from work, which is a radical change from when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, a I, minefield I, of lawsuits and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I think Bill Maher was being a little cynical there. The plenty of guys are just looking for sex or sex in a relationship, but there are plenty of guys who would like to be in a loving relationship, and and they feel like is the the gal who's what's her name again? Uh, Christine Emba. She's the Washington Post columnist, and she wrote this book, uh, Rethinking Sex. Oh, okay. Um, Thank uh, you, Michael. Was, uh, thank you, well, uh, Mister uh, Mister Informative, Johnny on the spot. Ah, uh, so uh, my inability to come up with her name made me forget what I was going to say. Oh, as the uh, guy she cited was saying, it's just it's too dangerous to do that. I, I'm not going to mess with it. Asking somebody out from work. I'll end up in trouble, even if I did think I've followed all the rules. Maybe there are new rules. Uh, brief tangent. I don't know if this fits in or not, but I was on a college campus the other day walking over to a graduation ceremony. And I'm walking along a sidewalk and there's people around and there was a I assume a college student. She looked to be early 20s, like walking just like a step ahead of me. I'm in a suit, by the way, so I didn't look like a sketchy person, I don't think. But anyway, I said to her, so is the uh, whatever building I'm looking for, is the what are, history building over there? She immediately picked up her phone and started walking really fast. I had asked her a question, middle of the day. Wow. And I thought, wow, is this, uh, is this a common thing now that like somebody you don't know asks you a question on the street? I guess because wow. I was a guy. It was horribly frightening. I don't know. Wow. That's weird. Yeah, that's what I thought. Huh. Uh, Well, speaking of uh, men and women and technology and sex and that sort of thing, he goes on to address the porn epidemic. The nature of humans has not changed in 50 years since I started 
I swear to God it hasn't. Most people are heterosexual, and of those, women still want romance, and men want sex. Let's go back to this guy at the office who's afraid to go up to the girl. Where do you mostly put the blame for that? Because that's, that's a tragedy for both of them. It is a tragedy for both of them. I mean, one of the things that feels so unfortunate about this is that both men and women want to connect with each other. Right. Both people do want to meet, and in fact, there are so many women who wish that they could be asked out in person, meet somebody, you know, through a medium that's not just sort of like swiping left and right until the end of your days. So there's a lack of connection on, on both sides that's, that's hurting both people. And, you know, I think that a lot of this is, does feel like a little bit of a backlash to, you know, what felt like an overreach of the Me Too moment at some times. To be clear, mm -hmm. that moment was really necessary. But again, it upset a lot of norms. And post-sexual revolution, the norms were already unclear with sex seemingly always on the table, you know, both women could be afraid and now men expected too much right. from some. And, and that certainly is valid. I gotta go back to the technology though, as the main thing, because you, you gave some, something to men who are, you know, we're gonna be lazy by nature, right? <laughs> I mean, you put porn on the, I mean, porn, I mean, I've been a libertine my whole life, I've always said it, <clears throat> porn, modern porn, is not benign. Mm. It is not benign. I mean, it's gross. I, I don't get it. It's, it's not my generation way. I mean, it's rapey, it's domineering, it's demeaning, and this is what guys learn from. That is an interesting thing mm. to hear the Bill Maher I've known for 30 years say. Wow, porn is not benign. I agree with him a hundred percent, but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me of several internet-related discussions we've had in which people with sick ideas or twisted ideas or twisted minds or whatever who used to, you know, because all your interactions are in person or, you know, over the telephone or maybe there's a letter to the editor, but virtually all of your interactions are in person. Your more twisted ideas or urges would get worn down because everybody you shared them with would say, uh-uh, and it changed people's behavior. Uh, I suppose, you know, tangent on a tangent, you could even say sometimes more interesting, atypical people got shut down when they shouldn't have been. So maybe it went too far. But now, no matter how sick and twisted your idea is, you know, I'm into people dressed as Nazis rape porn. You can find 10,000 people in the world who think that's a great idea, who think it's the best thing ever. And instead of telling you that's sick, you need help, they'll say, yes, yes, let's do some more. I, I've thought about this a lot because I got kids that are headed into the age of uh, porn being omnipresent and it's something that they're desiring to seek out. I got a 12 and a half year old and a 10 and a half year old, um, if they aren't already. But, um, I think it's going to have to be the way drunk driving, the culture around drunk driving changed. Now, the laws changed, and maybe there's some stuff that can be done around the edges in terms of accessing it on Internet. I don't know, because free speech is always a thing. But I wonder if the culture could change, and it would have to be driven by women. When I was younger, there was no social pressure to not drink and drive. <laughs> and then that changed quite a bit in like a generation. Um, I wonder if, if women could drive this. No, guys who look at porn, that is not cool. That is not cool. 
I mean, you'd have to like hide it the way you'd have to hide drinking and driving now in the way you didn't have to. You'd have to yeah. hide it because women say, no, I don't want to be with a guy who's a regular porn user. Because I think, you know, I don't think most women now feel like that because that's part of the whole sexual revolution. We're all, you know, wild and free spirited thing. Yeah, I I would draw a finer line than that. I think uh, I didn't think that's where you're going. I'm not saying I disagree, just that um, I think it's much more important that we humanity and, and maybe women take the lead. But, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessary in telling boys porn isn't sex sex between two human beings is not like a lot of the porn you see a lot of the porn you see is ridiculous and it's sick and it's unhealthy and it's extreme and no woman wants that done to her unless there's something terribly wrong with her psyche um we need to convince we need to and and you have to be willing to be frank about sex we need to help boys understand what is I hate to use the term normal. What is, well, normal and healthy expression of love through sex and what ain't? Yeah, well, maybe both of those things need to happen. The The push toward using porn regularly is not cool. I don't think it's a cool thing. A guy who doesn't, no, we're not dating him. He's a porn user, that kind of thing. Along with the, this is, the, because the problem with just your part of it, I think like Bill Maher was getting to, there'd be plenty of guys say, that's fine with me. I like this. I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time on the real thing when I got this. Mm-hmm. You can tell me that's not real sex. Fine, I don't need real sex. I got porn. Because apparently there are a lot of guys that are doing that. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely true. I'm just thinking it through. I'm afraid that might. I'd rather have the discussion be out in the open. Uh, but that's an interesting question. I don't know. Do you have thoughts? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Maybe we'll talk about it on the radio show. I My perception is, and I could be wrong about that, you know, it's easy to extrapolate your own narrow experience. My perception is that for the last however many years, porn has been perfectly acceptable. And, and you know, a shift toward, no, nah, that ain't cool, would be helpful. Because it is weird. Porn has gotten way different than it was before. <laughs> Well, some. The weird stuff is now widely available. I would oh, say yeah? that. Right. And yeah. then I've, I've read about Porn Brain, which I uh, don't want to go down that road to find out if it's true or not, but how y- your brain can get, you know, desensitized and warped to where, you know, regular s- sex wouldn't do it anymore. Because mm. you've got mm. a, an idea in your head of something that's, you know, the goal, that is an option the real thing is not wouldn't be good enough thank god i haven't gone down that road that would have to be disturbing uh yeah yeah a real thing more than good enough just speaking for myself um oh it's plenty good i mean it, oh, yeah. i rank it right up there toward the top of enjoyable things it's better than sex as they say uh wow okay again uh, your thoughts maybe e- email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is bill maher representing anything from the left or is he just an old man at this point it's just no. a liberal version of an old man. No, no, not at all. I think absolutely not. Um, and and again, for the umpteenth time, it has to do with uh, Jonathan Haidt's recent piece about why life in America has been so dumb uh, over the last 10 years and why it's getting dumber. Uh, the extreme angry 3% are have an enormously outsized influence right now. And he's pushing back against those people because they're making so much hay. They're gaining so much ground ideologically, and it's, it's scary.
Well, I guess that's it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.